Welcome to the next episode of SparkCast. And in this episode, I, I remember when we originally, Thomas said, oh, what two episodes? Can you label them for us to watch? And I looked and saw the title was called Autobot Gears, and I groaned. A whole episode about gears, and I was just not going to be happy. <laughs> but surprisingly, I actually did like this episode, even though I really hate gears. So... <laughs> Anyway, you hate gears. I hate. I told you my. I hate gears. Followed by Huffer right after that. But no, I have a tense hatred for gears. I hate him. <laughs> He's so and it just because of the way he he was in the comics growing up and in this TV show. I don't think anyone likes gears. <laughs> I mean, I don't see enough of them to have a, a, an opinion. He was very prominent in the first three episode pilot, but for some reason wasn't really in. The rest of season one after that. So who's his counterpart? Like There's now. another guy that has like the similar shape style of head where you can't like twist it. It's just like a block. What's the <laughs> other guy's name that looks like him? Oh, are you talking about Braun? Is it Braun? The green and yellow. Yeah, the one green yellow like guy. Yeah, the yellow transform. one. So yeah, I don't think I like him. Oh, okay. And I, yeah, I feel Braun like little... Braun's in it a little bit more than than uh than than Gears. Yeah, Braun does show up quite a bit in season one. And because I remember he's smaller because originally he's not supposed to be a fighter. Like him and Gears both, I think, were not made to be that way. They were just on the arc when it got attacked. Okay, then yeah, it's definitely, it, then it's definitely, that's the one I'm thinking about. Because, yeah, because they, yeah, the, he, he does like a lot of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and then after all that, maybe now we'll introduce ourselves. So you just heard the voice of. Charlie, Charlie and Thomas and me. Sorry, when you when you talked, you interrupted my train of thought. I wasn't able to switch gears in time to say the correct thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you wanted to say our names at that point, but <laughs> do, do you know why they call him Gears, Thomas? No, I don't, because because they don't use him. Like I I would guess like oh he he's like a mechanic kind of guy. He's always like working on the gears, making us. No, more they call efficient. him Gears because every time you hear him speak, he really grinds your gears. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <Anyone's here? laughs> I'm Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. <laughs> now, now let's begin the episode. <laughs> Hopefully, Thomas hasn't grown enough to just give up on the whole episode. <laughs> Who wants to summer? Oh, wait, wait. Before we begin, if Microsoft Word Starter 2010 will open for me. Yes, I'm still using 2010, even though it's the year 2021. Anyone want to do the summary of this episode? Oh, man. Grumpy old Gears is our damsel in distress in this story. And he's just walking around while everybody else is rushing into action, complaining and showing up late to the battle. And he gets captured, of course, because... Somehow this guy has the special circuit, like a legendary circuit that harnesses the power of the sun and also suppresses all the goodness in his personality. Then uh, basically they use Gears's uh, whatever it is, special circuit to create some kind of super weapon called the solar needle that starts pulling power from the sun and threatens to explode the sun and 
bring down the Tower of Pisa, Eiffel Tower, and Statue of Liberty all at once. Like tourism was really hurt during non-peak hours. <laughs> okay. There like three I, people at each site. <laughs> I think the plant, the whole planet, was shaking. But okay, <laughs> that's your interpretation, I guess. Uh. But wow. yeah, that that was that was the nature of this this episode. Wow. Yeah, it's like <laughs> my heart goes out to the tourism industry. <laughs> Driving to save the world from the evil Decepticons, the heroic Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. He's more than meets the eye. He's a robot in disguise. So first, we got Japanese differences. Obviously, there's Gen two episode. Who cares? So in Japan. When Optimus is placing his finger over his mouth to indicate that everyone should be quiet, in Japan, they actually input dialogue of Optimus going, shh, shh, and it's actually really funny slash stupid sounding. That going, she, 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 like that. <laughs> I don't remember. It just sounded really horrible. <laughs> but when Optimus is throwing Megatron instead of a fade out, we actually get a freeze frame followed by a fade out. So who knows what the point of that was? Otherwise, I couldn't tell what was cut from this episode. There's just so much filler during this episode. Somehow they left all of that in, and then I wasn't actually able to tell the minute of cuts that existed in this. I'd have to watch it side by side, and I didn't really feel like doing that. Sarcasm not appreciated. For our writer this episode, it is Larry Parr. This is the only episode of the Transformers that he would write. He wrote the unaired pilot of Defenders of the Earth, as well as the Pride of the X-Men TV pilot that didn't get picked up, but that is what they based the X-Men arcade game on in the 90s. He wrote many episodes of The Super Globetrotters, Spider-Man, 1980s, and The Get Along Gang. He also wrote the Heathcliff movie and was the creator of The Wonderful Galaxy of Oz. So, yep, that is Larry Parr. Uh, his, this is his only episode for the Transformers. So, uh... I've got a couple of questions because I thought that this was a really good episode. Well, I guess it's not a question. This was the first thing. It's more of a comment. Why? Well, I guess, no, that is a question. Why did he only write one? They should have used them more because this was a good episode. I thought the episodes I mentioned, I mean, the shows I mentioned like Spider-Man and get along. It's because he wrote at least 12 episodes of those. If you look at all of his other shows, he's written for like 30 some shows but it's usually only one or two episodes for lots of animations that came out during the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. Man, that's maybe... There's a maybe, lot of people like that. Maybe people, maybe he was good, and people recognized that he was good, and maybe his rate was just much higher, that they couldn't keep him as a recurring writer, but they definitely would want to get him on there like at least once. And I guess the other thing is, how did he end up writing the unaired pilot of Defenders of the Earth? Did that show just get approved and broadcast without having actually a pilot episode because that 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 is a show that defenders of the earth yeah so uh i brought that up before on the show and i have the dvd season one of well part one of defenders of the earth but the pilot is not on there and i don't know if the pilot is on the second box set which is the other half of the series but uh and, and it's completely different in this one so in the original show God, I was about to say Black Panther. I meant to say Phantom. In the show, the Phantom has a daughter and Flash Gordon has a son. In the original pilot, it was reversed and Flash Gordon had a daughter and the Panther had a son. Phantom. 
The Phantom. Yes. Sorry. So it's because his daughter is dressed in all black and she does have a pet panther. Yeah, I don't see anything about the show's pilot. It's not mentioned at all in the wiki. So I think the show just got greenlit. Maybe I yeah, maybe the schedule didn't work out or something where they could air the pilot. So they just went ahead and just started the series. They mentioned it on the special features of Defenders that at the last minute before they started on the show, they decided to make the daughter actually be the pan um the the Phantom's daughter mm-hmm. instead of Flash Gordon's daughter and just reverse the genders. I'm not really sure what the reasoning was because it's been a while since I've seen that. Okay, well that's it. I just I don't know. It just seemed odd. It seemed this that, that this definitely seemed like a quality episode. I would just think that this guy would get more work, but it does sound like he did get a lot of work. So actually. All right, so the main section of our episode, what all us co-podcasters liked and didn't like about the show. Me, Grimlock, no like you. And what I thought was hilarious, as soon as the episode starts, I thought they killed a human right off in the beginning. Basically, all these people strike gold, which has nothing to do with the plot, and Megatron lands and just starts blasting the humans. One of them tries to escape through the mineshaft from people who have big guns that shoot at you. Go figure. They shoot rocks that look like they all, in the mine, just fall on top of that guy and crush him to death. But 30 seconds later, you see Ravage jump over the debris, jump on the guy who was actually beyond the rocks, and then drag him out. And I'm like, oh, that's no fun. That perspective that they shot it from, it did seem at first glance that, yeah, the rocks basically fell on the guy. Uh, but when <laughs> I, when they actually landed, it's like, oh, okay, okay. It looks like there is some kind of like opening. It, it wasn't clear that it didn't hit him, but it just seemed like, you know, the perspective was just weird on the shot. And then Ravish jumped through and it was like, okay, yeah, there's this the shot was just weird. That was total mayhem at the beginning. Yeah. And what did them <laughs> finding gold have to do with anything in the plot? They were just like, Haha, we struck it rich. They didn't really. It was, they came out, like, think of the pace of that starting off. Like, literally, some guys came out of a mine shaft and they're like, like, yeah, without gold, and some guy, like, taps him on the shoulder before they can even finish what they were saying or say the word gold again. And then jets are firing on them right that instant. Like, there was there was nothing they could do. Like, some guys, like, Take cover, boys, and he's already inside the cabin, slamming the door. <laughs> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm imagining them going back after the battle and being like, "Yeah, our gold's still here. <laughs> and I rise, a, here I come." There's a guy like two seconds later beating off um, Ravage Cassette. You know, like it's like <laughs> they didn't have time to even. That was definitely not part of the story. It's just where we got thrown into and where we began. We just had to see some humans get good before, you know, oh God, our lives. Well, they just, they just attacked some random miners that were just minding their own business. (laughs) I I do think that this plays into, it seems like the theme of this season where it's like, we have to establish that the Transformers war does take place in a functioning society. Like there are humans (laughs) and there's consequences to actions and stuff like that. So just like how they were doing the hospital, the military base, now we have just, you know, just regular like mining uh, miners just doing their thing. So I liked at the beginning how Bumblebee calls out Gears' flaw to him directly. He says, 
It's your squawking that's right to his face. It's like if I just came up to you and said, hey, Thomas, you know what I don't like about you? (laughs) And then (laughs) I just thought that was hilarious. Well, obviously, it's set up to show why people don't like him, because one of the, the minor flaws in this, he only complains right at the beginning like once. So you don't actually see how he changes too much. You don't see how he is by him normally in the beginning too much before he changes. He gave him enough complaining, though. He was just like, everybody was running to action, and he was just like, all slow, like, ah, I was just in the middle of looping my cable relays. And then they're like, well, you know, whatever, just come on. And then he's like, well, that's easy for you to say. Your pulleys don't squeak. And he seemed like he kept complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you got a good idea of his personality, that he's an old guy or... A grouchy guy, at least. He's the grumpy dwarf of them all. And <laughs> he's that archetype character. Is he the only grumpy archetype in this? Or, well, you've um... also got... Well, Huffer's the complainer. who's always like, we're all gonna die! Why do we even bother? <laughs> and then and you've got Braun, who sometimes seems to complain, but he's usually complaining about the Decepticons, not actually the way Gears does, though. It seemed almost a little generic that he had that that archetype like you know smurfs had that uh, dwarfs had that uh can't think of what other shows like the seven dwarfs yeah the seven dwarfs is there uh, one that complains all the time there's probably one on the snorks (laughs) there's probably (laughs) one (laughs) well on the smurfs tv show there had to have been one and 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 there definitely was and wasn't there grumpy smurf yeah grumpy smurf and then there's a brainy smurf who's like all nerdy and you know Mm -hmm. like Handy Smurf, who's good at fixing stuff. And... Was there a grumpy Care Bear? Yes. Oh there, no, there, that there care, was that show was too bear. positive. Negative traits like that, Thomas. You shut your no. face. <laughs> he had a little storm cloud on his stomach and little like you know like tears coming out of it. What? <laughs> Isn't that one yeah. of the Care Bear cousins or something? And he was like a kind of a dusky blue kind of color. He just was there. Was they, there a grumpy uh, version? A grumpy character in Gem? Or or the the uh, GI Joe was G- there grumpy GI Joe? I just was imagining GI Joe. Was there grumpy oh, really? uh, Alvin and the Chipmunk? <laughs> a uh, grumpy a grumpy Muppet Babies? <laughs> would that be Simon? No, not quite. No, oh, I'm oh not just naming these really dumb grumpy. shows. The Care Bear's name actually is Grumpy. Muppet Babies did have a grumpy character. I can't remember. It which did. One yeah, that's right. Though. They did have. There was a grumpy one. Yeah. yeah, and the Care Bear, yeah, his name is just Grumpy, and he has a rain cloud with rain coming out of it. And then, yeah. and then Garfield just came and just shut that whole trope down. He's just like, <laughs> nobody wanted to do Grumpy characters after that. <laughs> the whole show is about just one Grumpy character, for the most part. Eating the crap out of the, the dog that he lives with. <laughs> there were some things I did notice the animation and the shading in this episode it seemed really detailed too and very bright like this was much brighter than some of the other episodes i thought for some reason Hmm. but i also noticed there was a new laser sound effect for all the autobot guns i actually liked this sound effect too what did you guys think of optimus putting his mouth to tell everyone to be silent and then ironhide has this giant grin on his face and makes a little symbol where his thumb and index finger touch to be like okay optimus it's so (laughs) hilarious no, I, I 
I I was really just thinking about that in particular sequence in general, just like, oh, now they just know tactics like that. They they never really showed off that kind of like uh Well you court- can't have tactics when you have cliff jumper in your party. <laughs> He just blew everything out of the water. Like <laughs> he's we always talking- like Decepticons. We gotta attack now. And Optimus is always gonna be like, "Whoa, there, simmer down." And they're having a civilized discussion about martyrdom and who was going to go sacrifice himself and who was more expendable than the other. And he's like, "To hell with all this! I'm gonna go jump in front of that solar ray right now." <laughs> and I hate how they didn't do a good job of showing. What happens? Because he's like, he jumps into that. No, 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 no. They did show it. They did show it. They show what happened. He failed. He failed to do what he was supposed to. Yes, he he said, but then they say that he succeeded. And I can't tell what they're talking about. No, he did not succeed. He failed. Because they had to go in and and basically just just try to fight because he couldn't do it right. Because he was supposed to jump into the part where the sunlight was going in. So he aims for the top of that the uh, the solar needle thing or whatever, mm-hmm. but he hits the side of it. He falls short, and, it, and, and the machine continues running. Yeah, because they clearly say you have to go into the hole, but then he goes into the laser part, and yeah, he hits. Basically. And then they immediately say he succeeded, and they start charging the base. No, yeah, he didn't succeed because yeah, they didn't animate that properly or show it properly because the audio hum is still going on. The electric bolts are all around those little those little uh pillar areas right and i'm just like so what happened so yeah because the machine is still working i mean like because the whole rest of the episode is still there have there were several other attempts after that where they're trying to shut down the machine yeah i think they were just trying to shut down the force field to get access to the interior of the base because because even megatron's like the force field is down but visually and audio it still shows it isn't but yeah, I kind of had to think about like what actually was achieved, <laughs> like when that yeah. happened. But I was like, "Yeah, the force field's gone." You just have to believe the force field's down. Now they can go in and try to shut it down. Yeah, too bad you don't have you know Skyfire this episode. He could just float in the hole and stopped it himself. But there was one. Okay, so there's one funny thing where when they kidnap Gears in the beginning, Optimus just looks up and says, "They've got Gears," and all I can think of is so. <laughs> exactly and, and, and later the the earth is shaking and optimus is like we should prioritize saving gears and i'm like dude the entire planet's in peril i think you can put him aside now oh no that was optimus. Says to bumble yeah somebody says, says that and, and then optimus is like no we gotta save the planet gears is on bumblebee's own. like no we're gonna hurt gears and yeah he just well no he does say they should prioritize it before that scene happens and then so then all of a sudden it's like well the world's gonna maybe end so screw it we just gotta shoot it anyway right optimus said bumblebee in order to save the sun that's a chance we're going to have to take. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how there were. Uh, <laughs> it made me. It, it was. It was pretty funny how like Starscream had to get smacked like multiple times by Megatron for basically acting all bloodthirsty like Cliff Jumper. Uh, <laughs> he he just kept not following the plan. He just like screw it. I'm just gonna kill this guy. <laughs> So what happened? Yeah, he at the beginning of the episode, he wanted to kill the miner and ruin the plan. And then after that, he wanted to shoot Cliffjumper because he said something snarky 
uh, or not not Cliff Bumper. He wanted to shoot gears in the back because he was saying something snarky, and then like Megatron. And then he previously wanted to shoot gears when he fell in the hole, so that's a third time. Oh yeah, yep. And then there's a fourth time too. Yeah, because then Megatron just hits him or wants to just beat him up just because 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 uh, Starscream was questioning. He was. What did he say? The the planet was shaking and everything was going wrong. Um, and then the, the Starscream was like, "Oh my God, the planet's shaking! What's going on, Megatron?" And Megatron's like, "Don't worry about things that don't concern you, Starscream." And I that made me laugh because it's like, "Oh, you know, the sun's getting ready to explode and the planet's about to fall apart, but that's only Megatron's business." Yeah, <laughs> just... and, and did you see at the end where Megatron starts telling? them to kill all the Autobots and Starscream is just show so happy he gets to kill things now. He's like, finally, haha, you heard him. And just starts like going, like it's he seemed a little happy because he's like, yes, I can finally start killing things. Yeah. Yeah. The, this character this episode, his character seemed to be a little bit off the way. Just throughout <laughs> the whole episode. It's just like I have a gun. I have to use it every second. And it just seemed well, odd this episode. He has snarky remarks to Megatron, like you know, he's he's always slightly undermining Megatron, but apparently not this time. He wasn't smart, um, Star ah, Starscream this time. He was just man. So this is kind of funny. I liked Starscream being told something's behind him, and he's like, "You expect me to believe that?" And then, bam, just randomly rammed by Bumblebee. And then later you see Thundercracker jump kicked by Ratchet, and that was also oh equally my God, hilarious. That was hilarious. So <laughs> that's one of the elements why I like this particular episode and think it's a good one because there was a lot of action that wasn't just both sides just firing errant shots at each other. They actually got in it, into it and like mixed it up. It, it was more than just gunfights. It, like people, were, it was just hand-to-hand combat, throwing people around. Optimus and Megatron fighting on top of the the steps, just putting each other <laughs> in, in chokeholds, and you know, Optimus losing his footing, and then that's when Megatron takes the moment, the chance to pick him up and throw him down the steps. It was just like there's a lot of different stuff going on, and I really appreciate that. So, was it in the last episode where Optimus like kicks uh, Megatron? But he doesn't really kick him because he's flying off by himself at the yeah, same Yeah, well, that was this episode. And it, oh, and it yeah. was weird because, yeah, you're right. Because he kicks him and it seems like he's just going to, he, he kicked him hard that he's just flying out of here. But then as he kicks him, the sound of Megatron flying away, that sound effect that they always use, plays the, when that contact happens. So it seems like he kicked him so hard he started his thrusters and then Megatron just flies away. So it looked like it... Optimus had thrown him toward one of the little electric pillars. Then uh, Megatron had to turn over to stop himself from colliding with it. And then just decided to retreat because everybody else retreated without listening to him already. So he might as well go home. <laughs> Megatron had lines though. It made, it made it seem like there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. Like he hadn't been booted in the butt. He just like, flew off at that exact moment. He had something snarky to say to Optimus like while he's flying away. Well, the way the animation was, I thought that Optimus had actually thrown him over there and then he just started flying halfway through to, to stop himself from hitting the ground or the, the pillar or whatever. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it, what was happening was Optimus did something to Megatron, but 
mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> Megatron just completely no sold it and was just like, I'm just leaving. I don't care what you did. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it looked like to me. It, I mean, but, as yeah, long just, as they I'm were fighting, anyway. they both see, came out of it pretty unscathed. Like that was a pretty long fight sequence between those two. They look like nothing happened to each other. And one thing that was funny, I like how they're like, we got to get through here. And so they just start shooting all the trees <laughs> to drive through it to get to the base. Oh, yeah. Actually, Jazz is saying, man, look at that patch of weed. Actually said leaves. Without wow. a hedge clipper, we ain't going nowhere. It just it just reminds me in Transformers Armada when Optimus has to look for a minicon and they're trying to get it before all the Decepticons, Optimus or one of the Autobots turns their hands into a giant like cutting blade to cut down the trees. And one of the humans is like, no, don't do that. And because he's got to explain to him it's a rainforest and that they shouldn't injure it. And they've got to slowly walk over there and find it. And of course, the Decepticons are already there tearing down all kinds of trees and making giant whole planes. Say Captain Planet. And it's just like, here, they're just like, oh, man, we got to get there. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it was weird how Gears is... Con- okay, so Gears has a control chip in him that alters his personality, i.e. makes him always complain about everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was weird. I- <laughs> yeah, when Megatron basically explained that, I was like, oh, well... This is definitely extremely. This is probably the most contrived thing they ever have described in this show. It's like, of all the people, you basically have the plot device literally built into you for this episode. And yeah. it was like, are they saying that he is just a robot slash slave without his chip, and that is the only thing that gave him a personality? he actually is just passive aggressive without the chip the chip made him aggressive but without the chip he he doesn't act on it he just holds it in yeah because when he's got the chip people are just telling him what to do and he does it he has no free will of his own in fact to help save the day and near the end he has to wait for optimus to tell him to do it because he can't do it on his own. He can only do what people order him to do. Well, he doesn't do oh. what people are ordering him to do. He can't help but be nice. So if you if you ask <laughs> him in a certain way to do a favor, he can't help but to do it, be nice to you and do it. So But he actually says I love being be- a slave. Well, well yeah, he's well in, in a way being it's sarcastic, when, I think. Well, yeah, the way that he's being exploited, <laughs> yes, that is definitely they're treating him like a slave. But remember at the end of this episode, when Optimus was trying to tell Gears not to do something, Gears wouldn't listen. But when Optimus changed he, he got the idea that okay, maybe I should ask for a favor, and then that's when Gears listened. So, so you could you, oh, okay. you could tell him stuff, but he won't do it unless it's like, in a way, some kind of obligation. Uh, like, hey, you want to do this to help me out? Not like do this now. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was rather complicated. Like the thing that was going on with him, I, I liked how he still seemed to be flicking people off while he was being nice. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Know? Even at the end of the episode, when they're not going to give the chip back, he's still being nice, but he's like. Guys, I totally want to be angry at you, but I can't be because I don't have my fucking chip back. (laughs) Well, no, I think the last line he had was actually like, okay, that's definitely not what he was supposed to say. Because what did he say? Because 
Starscream was harassing him, and he he said something nice. Like he was saying something like, uh, "I don't appreciate the way that you're saying that, but I'm just gonna carry on." Like I I really feel like I would be upset with you, but I'm not for some reason. But at the end of the episode, when they wouldn't give him the chip, he was like, "Give me the chip, or I'm gonna kick transistor or kick some transistor." Oh no, he. He actually said it with a smile because he still had to be happy. Well, yeah, he said it with a smile, but that was like explicitly like that's like violence. Like I'm going to do something bad to you if you don't do it. So that seemed that seemed to break the character that they they were establishing for him this episode. I thought it was funny. I liked it, but yeah. it didn't seem to fit completely. Well, Should he can be still angry with you, when Megan, John. <laughs> oh no, sorry. I said, you're saying, I should you be angry with you, Megatron, you son of a retro rat. Oh, but yeah. for some reason, I just can't get too upset. Retro rat. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's like cursing why, people. <laughs> and why is Starscream trying to defend what people say to Megatron? Is he trying to get some brownie points by going, ha, I stood up for you, Megatron. Me, Starscream, stood up for you. <laughs> uh, he's probably just looking for an excuse to like, shoot somebody for this episode <laughs> i did like how at the end of that one gears finally does get his chip back but i don't know i didn't think it was too out of character because he was just still saying nice things but he was just saying saying the bad thing in a nice way still but later when he gets it back he starts complaining and optimus is just like without saying a word it just transforms and gets out of there <laughs> Oh, they did roll out on him. That was it, perfect. It wasn't just Optimus. The whole team just left. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, we got well, the old guy back, and I don't appreciate it. We're just going to go. I, He's let him just do his thing. Here's an alternate ending they could have done. They could have been like, ha, 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 that's our gears. Like, all at once. I still just like how, like, because Optimus looks at him. Then, then looks away and is like, just transforms and like, oh, I'm done with this shit. And just transforms and rolls out. Yeah, that that whole sequence. Yeah, it was like, it seemed, it did seem like the animators or writers were going out of the way to just say like, we don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and even when the at the end, I'm like, okay, so they're like, we vote to keep Gears the way it is. And this is like, nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. They were like, "Yeah, we took a vote, and it was like in the in the ten seconds since we won the battle and started walking up to you, Optimus. We're like, we should keep Gears the way he is. Yeah, man, I finally like him. <laughs> I like that passive aggressive Gears. Go make him like he used to be. This this other Gears is even harder to deal with. He's telling me to go screw myself, or if he's actually gonna do the thing I asked him to do. Well, the funny thing is." Megatron is like, Gears, you wouldn't want to disappoint me, would you? And Gears just like, well, no, I, I wouldn't want to make you feel bad. And Ironhide's like, you monster, you turned him nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, a, a lot of that gear stuff, it was, yeah, it was funny to me. I, I, I thought that stuff was good. Like, I don't know. They definitely couldn't, like repeat that too often this would definitely have to be like a one-off thing but it was it was pretty good yeah so uh thomas do you want me to start on my cliff jumper notes go right ahead oh, or can no we just exclude jumper. can we just skip over it like do we have to discuss them yes <laughs> oh cliff jumper cliff jumper after hitting the portal there's like a whole scene of him waking up and then like 
fiddling with his hands to get out of a bush, slowly like get up and wander into the battle. And everyone's like, hey, Cliff Jumper's alive. <laughs> they did make a deal out of him waking up in the forest. Who cares? Like, it's he's like, not there the rest of the episode. Yeah. And what's funny though is, well, there's two things. One, this is one of the many fillers throughout the episode. Like they didn't have enough to do in the episode for the main plot. So there's a lot of small things, like when all the rocks fall on them at their arc base, or oh, there's the yeah. scene where they're driving through the forest, and then they have an extra scene in there where Bumblebee doesn't make the jump, and Wheeljack has to go back and save him and pull him out. There are all these little scenes that seem to show that the episode wasn't structured long enough, but it didn't seem to like take away too much. But the thing I found hilarious is that Cliffjumper is just gone and none of the Autobots decide to go look for him or mourn him. They're just like, well, guess he died. Time to go fight the Decepticons. Why would they? Why would they? What? He, they, they were, you know, like, oh, they were like volunteering a- to be martyrs. And he just was like, hey, this is my show. And he just like, he jumps up there. <laughs> without... I mean, is he the second most hated Autobot behind Gears and among the Autobots? He's the first most hated. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, because it's basically, I can understand them reacting in that way because pretty much every time they go out to go do something on some kind of mission, he's he's throwing himself out there just to be murdered or killed or become some kind of, mar- some kind of martyr. And they're just like, well... There's no point in getting attached to this guy because he's going <laughs> to die sooner or later. And they basically, <laughs> so when he did just jump, they probably just expected him to be dead when he just landed in the forest. So they were surprised to find out he actually did not die despite his, his sure did. despite his, uh, all his efforts to do so. Yeah. So in previous episodes, I remember he just immediately disobeys Optimus to go somewhere and gets ambushed by the Decepticons. Oh. Or he's like, oh, let's go start shooting, and Optimus has to hold him back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it would have actually worked better if Cliffjumper stayed unconscious. So that way, when Optimus was thrown by Megatron into the into the electric pillar force field thing, and it cuts to commercial, you would think that Optimus might die. But you know he's not going to die because you saw Cliffjumper get up and survive it. So it's not really a a, a commercial cliffhanger. Since yeah, that we is saw true. him get up right. yeah, and stumble so. out. Oh, but the funniest thing, Thomas, you might get a kick out of this. My note actually says your most hated Autobot, Cliffjumper, is really good at fighting everything that moves as long as it's a living creature. Because when he saw a rock falling toward him, it just like paralyzes him. He's like, oh my God, this isn't something I can kill. What do I do? What do I do? And then Ironhide has to come by a a Transformer twice his size and scoop him up and save him and carry him away. Oh yeah, I remember that scene. That was a little awkward because it's like a daddy grabbing a son. Like they kind of looked alike (laughs) in the... uh, They were kind of far away, so just kind of vaguely painted the figures. Did, Did you remember that, Thomas? Uh, no, I, I gotta. I should. I actually want to watch rewatch that and see if I catch that. That sounds hilarious. Uh, yeah, but the, yes. but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That that makes perfect sense for his character. It's like, uh, I can't kill this. So what can I do? Like, what purpose do I have? It's right after they activate the the solar the sun piercer, 
Um, the solar piercer, it's right after they activate it because then it causes all the rocks near the Ark to just start falling on the mountain. So be able to find it easier and see that. So what other stuff do you guys like, not like, about this episode? Anything else? I thought it was funny how um, Optimus, like, triangulated the location of um, where the solar needle was. And he says... Oh, it's at the geographic center of Africa. <laughs> and then they rolled out after that, like, over land. I'm like, where were they starting from exactly? <laughs> they just. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're they like on the west to Africa? coast. Exactly. Like and, and across the ocean. <laughs> yeah. There is no, there's no boat transformer yet. Well, remember, they got in that one episode, they do have surfboards. Oh, yeah. When the, uh, the last time the planet was shaking and falling apart yeah there must have been enough tidal waves they could have just rode it all the, went from florida and rode it all the way to the africa uh, so why how it seems like megatron's always getting up into some some plan where he's harvesting the entire planet and it's causing like planetal destru- destruction or he's doing something with the sun and the sun's gonna blow up or something like that I mean, why did he? Why didn't he just do all this stuff on Cybertron? Like, why did he bother harassing the Autobots? Like, he could have just blew up his own son or something like that. Well, they can't get back home yet, the Decepticons. But I mean, before they they left Cybertron, like, why did he? All these plans he has, like, why didn't he just do that back home? (laughs) They have a son. It looked pretty dark on. They have to have a son. I don't think they have a sun. They just have two moons on Cybertron. They don't have a sun. They don't orbit a sun. Or the closest sun. I mean, there's there yeah. has to be some kind of sun nearby. Energy to steal in the universe. After that Ultimate Doom episode, Cybertron is just now floating through space. It's not where it used to be. Uh, I don't remember that. So what happened? Where uh, Cybertron was space bridged right next to Earth. And they put a giant explosion between it and Earth to push Cybertron away from Earth, but they didn't teleport it back. Oh, that's to where right. It, it was be. it was gonna so, like merge or or they were just gonna collide. That's right. So now Cybertron is just being propelled oh, just in the opposite direction of line Earth out at into the, the time, universe. Just somewhere. Yep, just somewhere. And then the space bridge still manages to work, huh? <laughs> I wonder what Shockwave thought about that. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. I I'll never get over the, that the idea that it's just Shockwave is just there with one reflector, just hanging out in this uh, space bridge command center by himself doing nothing. I still remember what is it? The, those funny. Uh, you guys should really watch these funny videos that were made years ago by the parody I think it's videos. Dr. What's that? The parodies. Yeah, the parody videos where, like, it starts the whole Shockwave parody. I think it's Dr. Smoove. It just starts with him going, and that was the day that Megatron and I hung out and did all this stuff forever. And then, like, one of the robot guards is just sitting there, like, very emotionlessly. Yes, Shockwave, it gets funnier every time you've told this to me. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) all he does on Cybertron is talk about how he and Megatron are BFFs because he has nothing else to do. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, have you seen all those? I haven't seen all of them, but I was just going to say that that's the best character Shockwave could ever be. 
Like, I don't care what in any of the Transformers iteration of comic books, it's never going to be as good as that parody character. That's who he should be forever. <laughs> oh, don't tell that to young Sean, who thinks he's awesome from the Marvel comics because he comes in, intervenes while the Decepticons and Autobots are fighting and is able to just basically take out everyone and upsure Megatron's command and become the new ruler of the Decepticons. I mean, I still I think he is definitely <laughs> capable of that, but I do like that he just never does that because he's just this this crazy fanatical lo- uh, loyalism to to Megatron, and that's why it's kind of funny in um, what is it uh, in Transformers Energon? There's actually two Shockwaves that are brothers. Really? Yeah, there's a Shock Blast because they didn't have the trademark on Shockwave at the time, and there's shock blast and someone else blast. And one of them is kind of like shockwave. Whereas the other one's a dick and like only out for himself. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was pretty funny. Like the way they did a different interpretation of his character in that one. Animation errors. So Starscream stops gears, but is actually speaking with Skywarp's voice while holding him. And then it immediately cuts to Bumblebee trying to go over and save him, but then cuts back to Starscream now standing over Gears instead of actually holding him. And now he's actually speaking with his real voice, continuing the sentence, even though Thunder, even though Skywarp started it. Yeah, I caught this the same one. And yeah, I guess this sequence is basically going to plays over the course of like 10 seconds. <laughs> Which seemed weird. It, it, with that type of air, I would have expected the colors to be different. Like they, I would have expected Starscream's voice the entire time, but then they would use Skywarp's color for uh, mm-hmm. one particular perspective before correcting it in the next. Yeah. So that one's definitely like weird because I don't, I don't know how would that ever be? Like, why would the voice production get that wrong? Like, how could they get mm-hmm. wrong? It just kind of seems like it's one of the because remember they recorded the audio first. It might have been something as simple as typing uh, Skywarp into the Starscream by accident on the script. And then even though the descriptions say Starscream, so by the time it's animated, it's too late to change it. Well, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that happening. But then I feel like that one would be like an obvious one to catch and say, oh, this doesn't make any sense. This is a sequence between Gear, Starscream, and, and, and Bumblebee. How does Skywarp factor into this at all? Especially since... The guy, they probably, I'm pretty sure there aren't any other Skywarp lines in this episode. So they're just like, oh, just Skywarp just has, he's just here all of a sudden. (laughs) When I watch my Shout Factory DVDs, I'll see if they fix this error. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But uh, another one that was funny is near the end, there's a brief scene of Starscream and Ironhide fighting. And then an, an electric explosion goes through them and cracks the earth. But the way they're fighting is like someone not used to animation, just flinging their bodies back and forth. And then they're simply animated, jumping, fighting each other, and then jump away from the explosion. And for some reason, I just found it really hilarious because it doesn't look right. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you're describing, it sounds terrible. <laughs> Anyone else find any other animation errors? Nope. Besides cliff jumpers, um, existence is an animation the, error <laughs> of the the space needle or, or sun needle. What was that thing called? Solar needle. 
he was i thought he exploded like vanished but no it actually shows him being tossed out to the left so yeah (laughs) deleted audio there is none sadly Uh, so redcon most transformers the transformers usually has established that the personalities of the transformers are in their head but so it seems to see that gears having this in his chest shouldn't be correct but when you think about it it's actually a cassette thing that's inside of him that interferes with his personality so his personality probably is still in his head it's just whatever circuit is there interferes with his personality that isn't actually his personality circuit yeah that makes sense later they will reveal that in later seasons the memory circuits are is what's kept in your chest whereas you know personality head um memory circuits just special circuit his was special for some reason (laughs) yeah we don't even know what it was used for it was just needed for the plot and that's all we need to know i do what i want when i want star screams blunders and other stupid moments charlie uh what what have you here (laughs) oh boy did you notice at the beginning, or maybe I was just confused, but um, there's this part where um, Optimus says, Give up, Megatron, you've lost. And Megatron says, Oh, on the contrary, I've just begun to triumph. And then he turns into a gun, and then he shoots the cages the hostages are in so that they can run free. So I'm like, what? <laughs> why, why is he doing that? <laughs> Well, remember, like, Optimus says, wait, don't fire for fear of the humans. We might injure them. I'm like, what, the humans that are way below your knee size? <laughs> I mean, that you can shoot over? Or or is he worried that the Decepticons will return fire and accidentally hit them? I didn't get that. I'm like, well, how's that part of the plan? It's like, oh, I'm just getting started. Let's see what the hostages do when they're freed. <laughs> it's like he shot the cage and there they go. Running away. I guess he just used them to lure the Transformers in. And then a little while later, you see a couple of them locked up again. So I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> exactly. Oh, they re- Oh wow, really? That must have been an animation error then if they were yeah, still locked I, up. I think it seemed like they were they were having a dialogue there, though, like about something. I, I have to go back and look at that, but that's really odd. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why he would free them in the first place because they're hostages, right? Uh, whatever. And then in the earthquake slash boulder storm, um, Optimus had a very awkward quote. He says, Megatron's behind this. I bet my titanium torsion bars on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. So it made me have to, I I had to think about like what titanium torsion bars could be. (laughs) (laughs) What part of the Autobot is that? (laughs) There's a portion at it's, it's at minute 13, second 13, where the Autobots are rushing forward to enter the fray at the Solar Needle. And there's all this clamoring. Like, they're all like, yeah, let's get them. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, let's go. There's one guy who's just way late behind him. And he's like, yeah, get it on. <laughs> that was the most awkward thing that's why i made note of the time too so you can just go back and watch it because I didn't, I didn't that see was that funny 
right. <laughs> I have some stupid things here uh, that are pretty funny. So Starscream is going to kill a human, but Megatron wants him to call for help. But one, he previously said not to let any humans escape because he was like, <laughs> I don't want them calling for help. But then his plan is to have them call for help. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so two. The stupidest thing, though, is that Megatron doesn't tell his men any of his plans when they could easily screw it up because they don't know what to do. Like, he's like, Starscream, don't kill those humans. I want him to call for help. Starscream, don't kill Gears. I need his chip. Otherwise, that whole <laughs> thing we built in Africa is going to be completely pointless. I didn't tell you what we were doing in Africa, but whatever. That's because I'm not a good leader. Well, he doesn't even know himself because, like... He, uh, I guess Optimus had to tell him that your thing is going to blow up the sun. And Megatron, oh no, not just Optimus, Starscream also warned him. Yeah. And, and Megatron's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> or like, so what? It's like, you didn't even know what was going on. Like, and, and what is this, the fourth or fifth time that Starscream is warned, or, or Optimus has told him his plan? is going to do something, and he doesn't believe them. Yeah. It's always one of them two that's telling them. And sometimes they both tell him together, like in the Dinobot episode. And he still doesn't believe them. That's funny. But yeah, I was just like, tell your men your plan, okay? Because Starscream could easily screw it up. Like, what if he just blew up gears, and you're like, no, my control chip, all that time... Well, I was going to say end money, but they don't use money. That we invested in making that solar needle. Now it won't work because you blew up Gears, who was instrumental to my plan, who I didn't tell you about. I mean, in, in one aspect, I can't, <laughs> I do kind of get it. If Megatron was actually aware of the consequences of the actions of this plan, he probably still wouldn't tell them the rest of the Decepticons because they might not have bought along, bought into the plan of destroying earth and the sun while they are while they're trapped on it well he doesn't think it's going to destroy the earth because he wants okay so well no he doesn't but pillars... if, if he if he realized that that's what was going to happen one would he have stuck with that plan and if he did he probably wouldn't have told the rest of them but you saw they have what like 12 pillars around the solar needle and you see gears and Soundwave and everybody each one of those produces an energon cube Every like 30 seconds, the whole time this thing is active. So it's actually producing a ton of energy. It's just, you know, he's, he always, Megatron is so stupid. He's always draining everything all at once instead of trying to make incremental things to have it active forever. When he had that dam, he's like, aha, we'll flood the dam and blow it up. But before that happens, we'll make a few Energon cubes instead of like, say, just converting it and making like one energon cube every two hours. But no, he's got to make 20 energon cubes in five minutes and then blow the whole, blow yeah, the whole just thing set up, up some solar panels. Not, you don't have to drain everything out of the sun immediately. <laughs> yeah. So my other stupid thing though, is that Starscream almost helped the Autobots for like the 12th time. Only this time, nothing happened as a result of Starscream's actions. He's defending Megatron's name by gears, making fun of him. He shoots Gears, misses Gears, someone who's right in front of him, not even trying to dodge, hits the lightning barrier thing, his blast rebounds, explodes in front of Starscream, Megatron, and Gears, knocks Gears into the air, where he knocks into Soundwave, knocks the Energon Cube out of Soundwave's hands, into the barrier, and the bar explodes in the barrier, all this lightning, 
around Starscream, trapping him in a mini cage of electricity. I'm like, these scenes, wow, they just sh- they exist to show how badly Starscream can fumble everything around, and it's hilarious. <laughs> but it also serves a story purpose. It shows that they can't shoot these things to blow them up. So it does serve a story purpose, but it also is just hilarious to watch Starscream screw everything up. Well, that actually confuses me, because like, like how many barriers have been set up? There was a barrier around the whole entire Solar Needle setup, but then the individual transmitter things, they have their own barriers? I think it was one main barrier. So yeah, so the one that Cliffjumper supposedly broke, right? Yeah, so it was still shooting lightning bolts when they went in there, right? Well, no. Well, I don't know. But yeah, because Megatron is going to throw Optimus into one. Exactly. So, and, so yeah. that means that some of the barriers were still up. Like we have Starstream shooting his 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 bolts are bouncing off of the barriers. Like mm-hmm. so that just lets me know, like, hey, are there more barriers that or was it just the one that still has been up this whole time? And they just mm-hmm. realized they could just walk through it. They can't shoot <laughs> through it, but they can walk through it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Do you guys have any more uh, fun, stupid moments, Thomas? Charlie? I don't. Soundwave lets Laserbeak loose. He immediately blasts the cabin open that the guy is dialing 911 on. uh, Isn't that the cabin they want to call for help, though? They want to call for help? Yeah, they wanted him to call for help. Oh no, it's because the guy no, nothing no one gets away. So no, they wanted him to call for help to get the Autobots there. But it's like he he busts right in before the guys had a chance to even call and be like, Yeah, help. exactly. Like sound like laser beak blasts the cabin open <laughs> just as the guy is like picking up the phone pretty much. <laughs> and Soundwave or I don't know if he really talks, but he's shown a lot, you know, opening his chest to not only eject Ravage and Laser Beak but also put them back in like on four separate occasions. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> Should he just leave them out to fly around and do things and then bring them in all at once instead of opening and closing his cassette thing? Maybe they thought kids wanted to see him opening and closing and shooting them out, put them back in. There you go. I guess I kind of like it. Uh, I guess I like them flying back in and out and in and out, uh, door mm-hmm. open, close. Oh, well, <laughs> just saying it is kind of inefficient, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, boys, we're going to be movie stars. So next we have the main character of this episode. It was Cliff Jumper, right? Because he makes a heroic sacrifice to save the rest of his Autobot kin. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's Gears. Is it Gears or is it like. I don't know. What do we call this bastardized version of Gears where it's like good Gears? Passive aggressive Gears. Passive aggressive Gears. Good Gears. <laughs> Wait, what's an. Oh, hold on. A synonym for Gears. Cogs? A synonym is something similar. An antonym for Gears. I don't know. Can you have an antonym of Gears? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, fine. It's just anti Gears. There. Anti Gears. Screw it. I don't need to think anymore. Done. Because Gears is prominent, he's the main character of this episode. So, unless you guys think otherwise, but main you guys agree with, agree with that? Yep, he's definitely yeah. the main character. A lot of focus on Gears this, this time. Yeah. I'm wondering if we'll see more of that in Season 2. 
every now and then since they got to introduce like 30 new Transformers this season. Oh, I hope they spotlight God. ones that we care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we still got six more episodes of season one Transformers before the rest show up. We won't need to conserve it after tomorrow. We can bleed this planet dry. Megatron's energy. Obviously, he wants to harness the energy from the sun, somehow convert it into energon cubes, but he needed a control chip from inside gears to do so. How does he harness so much from the sun that he's only able to make, like, I don't know, 20 energon cubes before it explodes? You think he'd get a billion out of the sun or something like that? I don't understand that. that. I mean, so maybe, maybe the machine, since it was just put together so quickly, maybe it's not that efficient. Maybe a lot of the energy is wasted, but, you know, mm-hmm. they're able to fill up 20 cues, but then all the other stuff is just completely wasted, which which makes sense because yeah. the, the energy that's wasted probably just goes towards the planet being destroyed. <laughs> Does anybody have any last thoughts on this episode before we go to the character spotlight? I do not. Nope. This character spotlight is prize gears. He is the grumpy Autobot who complains about everything. He turns into a truck thing. Charlie, do you want to read his quote and description? Nobody wins a war, somebody loses. So the first part actually sounds smart, and then it just sounds like it ends with a dumb part. Because like, if somebody loses, doesn't that imply someone win? If you say, instead of somebody loses, it should be everybody loses, or everybody loses something or, or something to that effect. It just sounds stupid the way the second half description time. So Gears' character description is Gears is antisocial, a self-proclaimed misfit. He finds fault in everything and everyone. Acts this way to help cheer up, to help cheer others up <laughs> as they try to cheer him up. This is what? No, no, you can't try to redeem his personality this way. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. Have you ever known a person that acted that way and they meant it as a way to cheer you up? <laughs> let me just let me just annoy you constantly and criticize everything around me. That'll make you happy. It, it okay, the way it describes it, it looks like he acts that way to cheer people up because it's funny, but at the same time, they realize that he's down, so they try to then cheer him up. I, I don't know. The way it's worded is really weird. But not a, they, they they never find it funny, though. They don't oh, seem you know to be they don't. <laughs> They only found it funny when they thought they could keep them nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, tremendous strength and endurances. Totes heavy loads, long distances. Launches to height of 20 miles. Floats down on compressed air. What? How? What is? You never saw that. Is that why his head is like fixed <laughs> to be like aerodynamic? In the episode, there he falls down the cliff and falls down, unlike everyone else who's sliding down when they reach the Decepticons to fight at the gold cabin area. Mm. Everyone else is sliding down, but he trips and falls, just falls down the cliff. That's weird. Uh, he also becomes an easy target due to limited maneuverability. He can detect infrared. Oh my god. It's not all flaws. That last sentence redeems it. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, detect infrared? Like, 
what uh, century are we in here? <laughs> he could detect your remote control. Oh my god, <laughs> that's useful. I can detect the wire that leads from your PS3 to from your console to the controller. Look at that line. Now I'm gonna chop my hand in it and disrupt it. Aha! Uh-huh, now you hate me even more. Wait, I still function. I want to read. I want to read his fate after the movie. You know what? You know what his fate is. None, because they forgot to put him in the movie. He has no future appearances in any American or Japanese continuity because nobody gives a shit about him. So, I I, I, I used to assume he died. Understand this? How does that happen? I assume he died in the movie battle. And there's two things that might actually prove this happens. There are two versions of the movie script. There is a movie script that has been released, as well as a dialogue script. In the second draft, which is just the dialogue, Devastator transforms and goes, raw. Then we hear Gears say, we're finished. Ah, And that's it. That's his only line. Which is why he's credited at the end of the movies for speaking, even though he doesn't show up in the film. So hopefully Devastator crushed and killed him. And that was what was supposed to happen and why he was screaming. <laughs> but in the earlier draft of the movie, before that dialogue script, when Megatron becomes Galvatron, he returns to Autobot City with Cyclonus and Scourge, and Scourge does a carpet bombing of the city, blowing gears to pieces. <laughs> Originally, Cyclonus was supposed to kill another Autobot, someone else that was in one of our older character spotlights, but I forgot who that was now. But yeah, so yeah, they killed him in the movie, in the original drafts, but it never actually made it to the screen. And it didn't even matter in the long run, because everyone's like, well, he's still alive. You can use him. And, and no one he did. <laughs> like, there is nothing. He's just like Reflector. Does not show up in the Japanese <laughs> continuity ever. So oh, nobody cares. God, he doesn't even show up in any of the exclusive comic books that are released with the figures all the time that are supposed to take place long after the Japanese continuity where everybody's back alive again. Even he still doesn't get back life again i guess how does that happen like uh, so are there any other characters besides reflector and and gears where they just like blue streak that happens to blue streak wait no no i think blue streak is actually shows up in alternators and all that stuff oh it's brawn brawn is also this way brawn doesn't really show up anymore the other guy you said you don't like who's always like I got a fish for your face, Decepticon. Even though he's like half their size. Yeah. And his transformation looks like a dumpster. (laughs) It's supposed to be a tank, but it looks like a dumpster. (laughs) I forget who else we've covered because they're forgettable. So yeah, I just remember that um, there are a few of them. But yeah, Gears has probably got the least amount of figures. Sorry, this goes to the fun facts, but he's got the lowest figure account of any Autobot. However, he does appear in a lot of the spinoff books for some reason. Like he had the one figure in 1984 and they wouldn't show up as a figure again until 2014. As of 2020, he only has two full figures and two mini figures, the lowest of any Transformer in the known universe. Even Reflector has more figures than him. Now that's sad, but... (laughs) I kind of like gears now now that i've really reviewed him like kind of this episode made me want a gears figure 
So he's like an Autobot you now want because you love to hate him? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want him around complaining when I'm playing with my other Autobots. Like, if I were a kid, this would have been a fun figure to just, you know, tell a story with. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, I, I swear, it, before then, in some of our episodes, I'd be like, eight figures, only this many, or <laughs> six. But it always seemed to be, yeah, I just remember Brawn and Reflector and... I seriously can't remember if Blue Streak had a low amount of figures or not. But, yeah, this is the lowest. It would be so hard to make them. They could have even made, like, really cheap. Because they're the little ones. Like, they're smaller than the other figures. They could have been just, like, you know, kind of a... They could have come in the Mm -hmm. box with a larger figure. Get Megatron and Gears together. (laughs) For no reason. (laughs) But, um... Do you want to see Charlie read, uh... Not where it says his name in Japan, but the sentence below it where it says Gears was. Gears was never released in Japan as Gears in the Transformers line. His character not being released until 2004 as a minifigure. In Peru, he was somehow colored many different ways. Blue and red, dark blue and yellow, yellow and orange. Okay. Um, Though some people claim there are six different colorings. In Mandarin, his name translates to transmission. In Hungarian, it is hauler. South America, it is pickup. And in Russia, it is simply drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And apparently he's in the live action movies, and I never even realized it. Because he had an entry for live action movies. And I'm like, what? I've seen all these movies, and I don't even remember him showing up. I would have remembered, because I would have had a flashback and been like, uh, Gears. <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be some kind of weird pickup truck. Yeah. There's one last thing, and it's actually pretty interesting about Gears, is his name in Japan before coming part of the American Transformers line was Micro Robot 04 4WD Off-Road. Why? <laughs> However, here's the weird thing. It's only been discovered uh, uh, recently, like within the last few years, it's implied that Gears slash his off-road was taken from an American toy line that was canceled called Mysterians. Mysterians was being developed in 1982 by Knickerbocker Toys, and they wanted to make a comic book and toy line. And this is also where Braun, Huffer, and Windcharger came from in the canceled toy line. No one knows how Takara made these unless they were already working with them to make their canceled figures. So Knickerbocker Toys went to DC, didn't like their story proposal, so they went to Marvel Comics to pitch a comic book, but then Hasbro bought the company and then canceled the toy line, and then the very next year, Hasbro approaches Marvel to make their own comic book with the Transformers, and that does get made. In 1983, the toys and the comic were canceled in 1983 with the Transformers comic book and cartoon coming out in 1984. And apparently this has only been discovered recently. And I just was like, wow. So they were trying to make their own comic tie in with some toys and they were little mini Transformers and Hasbro. I think it's what it feels like. It's one of those things that. Hollywood does, you know how they buy scripts just to not make them because it's too similar to a movie they already have in production. 
it kind of felt like the same way. Hasbro's like, oh man, hell no. We already got to compete with those stupid GoBots. Now we got to compete with Mysterians. Buy them. <laughs> then close them out. And then they were probably like, oh man, they were trying to make a comic book line. Maybe we should do the same thing. I guess that makes sense because, yeah, I guess that kind of explains the dumb look the three have with their just <laughs> block head that just can't move, which it, 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 it seems completely at odds to compare to the other, even the Decepticons. There's no, I don't think there's any Decepticons that even look like that. The four from that line that have been identified in Transformers, yeah, were Gears, Brawn, Huffer, and Windcharger. Windcharger's the other forgettable Autobot. I think he's only got, like, a few toys. More than Gears, but he's up there in... Basically, he does. I don't think, even think Windcharger has a personality, which is why nobody remembers him. Doesn't have a personality. Well, I mean, he never shows up on the show, so nobody knows what he, what he actually has. I mean, we'd already covered him before, but okay, yeah, he's got uh, at least 12 figures, so that's still more than some, or 10, sorry. What do you guys think of Gears now? Uh, Thomas, has your opinion on Gears changed since watching this episode, seeing the character spotlight of Gears? Um, I can't say that my opinion has changed because this episode was not necessarily this episode was all about what if we change gears around so we didn't have to experience what gears really is like and at the end of it he goes back to normal and we don't really see much of that <laughs> just so enough it's to make just fun like of it. you know this one-off gears i think is interesting i i mean that bit would probably just wear wear thin really fast too it it was definitely good. It it, it made for a, a good episode. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds like we're never going to ever mention Gears again after this. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he doesn't show up again. Because I'm like, I, I still remember even as a kid, I didn't like Gears or Huffer. Those were the two that stood out to me as the ones I hated. Uh, of the first, like, eight episodes on VHS. So that's the ones I saw all the time. And whenever I'd see Huffer and Gears, I'd be like, these guys are stupid. <laughs> Kid. <laughs> For some reason, I never, I never had an opinion about Braun. I guess I just accepted him. Unlike you, Thomas, who now, uh, I, I, I'm assuming is your second most hated after Cliff Jumper. Do I hate Braun? I don't remember hating Braun. I mean, oh, okay. I he's he Braun, uh, Windcharger, and Huffer, even in Gears. I I don't think anything of them because they're they're never really around. The last episode I remember with Gears and well, Brown, Braun's Braun. around a lot. Gears He's always Braun. there to talk. I remember and... them fighting uh, the other guys. So Shockwave and uh, what is the little the guy with the jackhammer arms on the Decepticons? There was an episode oh, where where Braun basically broke through a wall and he was fighting. Uh, he was fighting Shockwave and this other Decepticon. So that, I thought that was pretty funny that he was just like, he just went all Hulk crazy on them and, and broke through a wall. But yeah, I feel like that's the last time I, I remember anything prominent happening with Gears. This is like way back in like one of the early episodes of uh, the first yeah. season. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll see if, uh, if we ever have to worry about Gears ever again. <laughs> but however, you do know it's counting down, Thomas. 
in one of these next six episodes, we will have a character spotlight for Cliff Jumper. Is it because he dies? Major groan. Uh, no, it's because he, he dies, right? Might or might not have an episode where, where he he's dies. the main character like Gears here. A whole episode of Cliff Jumper? How is that, how is that even going to work, man? Cliff Jumper jumps off cliffs all the time, Thomas. He does not uh, die. Oh, is, is it going to be like that book, the storybook story where he disobeys orders and now he's captured and now... The whole episode is going to be about okay. We got to go save Cliff Jumper because he's an idiot and he didn't follow orders, and now he's got himself captured. He's going to be a POW over and over. We're getting close because there's only six more uh, characters from the 1984 line for us to cover in the last next. Oh, seven in the next six episodes because I got Sunstreaker and Sideswipe under one episode. Otherwise, we wouldn't finish it all in time. I mean, I I have one vote of veto power, right? I could I could use I could pull it out just for that episode, right? Oh, we we are going to cover all the G one Transformers. We can't veto here, some of the Transformers. <laughs> I had to read Gears, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. So signing off. This is Sean, Charlie, and Thomas. And thank you for listening to this episode of Sparkcast. Bye. See ya.